I'm sorry. How? I, I don't get it. I don't, what am I missing? What am I missing? To be honest with you, Riley, I feel so comforted by you. I can't help where my heart is right now. Tonight on Bachelor Party, we are talking Men Tell All. Not usually my favorite episode, but some interesting twists this year that we'll have to break down. Plus, of course, we need to talk about Riley and everything else that happened tonight. Let's batch. This episode is brought to you by Visible. You know how in every season of The Bachelor, there's the concern that he might pick someone or just let someone go too far who really doesn't deserve it because he's not getting all the information he needs. He doesn't know this woman is the villain of the house. Well, luckily, when it comes to wireless, there's one company that keeps it real and you don't have to worry about that bad surprise at the end. Switch to Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide and get one line wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, every month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It's my least favorite episode of the season, but one of my most favorite guests, Lauren Zima. Hello. Hi. Oh, wow. I'm processing that you just said that. I didn't know this. You don't like the mental all? I hate the mental all. Hate. Capital H hate. Why? I just find it so boring and like so contrived. But I I was excited to talk to you because I'm always excited to talk to you. But also, I know that you always go to the mental all, which of course Uh. you did not go to this year. So it's curious, like as someone who's been to it, what do you think they really missed from a not having all the men? I mean, I can't, I can't imagine like how much they planned out what didn't, didn't happen as a result. And like not having an audience, like what was your impression? You're, you're so deep in the tell all scene. Well, thank you so much for having me as always. And, um, So the tell-all, usually when they tape, you know, there's a certain amount of um, press there and we're there for the whole taping, right? And I'm not joking that it goes on for sometimes eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also not joking when I say- so long. I've started a tradition of I bring a big thing of Advil and I just pass it out to everybody. (laughs) Uh, Press, crew, who needs an Advil? Because- whether it's the men or the women tell all, there's so much screaming that I'm not joking. You get a headache just from listening to screaming for about eight hours. Um, so I didn't miss that. <laughs> I, I liked and missed things about this. Um, I really loved the visual. I liked okay. the sexy the green? green velvet couches. The green. <laughs> oh my God. We've got a new bachelor color people and it's sexy green. I loved it. I adored it. I kind of felt as though it was, um, a bit more 
our aesthetic a bit more Bravo Housewives of a reunion in terms yeah. of the look of it. They they weren't on those clear <laughs> stools that they're always on. Which I loved it. It also just felt like a place you actually would spend time mm-hmm. instead of like a set. It felt like a, like a club or something like that. I don't know. I was really into the the, the, the sexy green and sexy green velvet, as you said. I really liked that. Yes, there there was definitely a lot less screaming and freaking out, and I don't. I think it could be from a variety of factors. A, were the guys just physically more comfortable sitting on couches than in those tall, uncomfortable chairs, like stools that they're typically yeah. in? Yeah, because you don't have to, if you're in a stool, I just shifted, no one can see, but you have to like hold yourself up to look good. If you're a woman, you like really just, it's even harder, I think. Horrifying. And, you're crossing yeah, your legs properly. hours. And you're like, and you're like, how am I sweating? Like all this stuff. So that's a great, a great point. Plus they all had like a lot of personal space because of social distancing. <laughs> yes. So was this less tense? Like, did it create less of a f- screaming match because they were just more at ease physically? And then also we had way less guys. So usually, you know, the tell-alls are, let's be honest, also kind of an audition for paradise. These people are like, how can I be seen if I wasn't seen on the rest of the season? So I think with less guys, there was less clamoring for attention, less screaming over each other. And I'll be honest, I missed a little bit of that because sometimes there's someone who you maybe didn't notice all season and then they really get weird at the sure. show and you're kind of like, who's okay, who are you the whole time? You <laughs> okay, know? blonde, I've never seen you before. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about the number of guys? Were you missing the bigger group or did you like it toned down with a smaller amount, which I think was definitely because of COVID. I, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, I, I assume. Also because they, I presume they all had to quarantine before doing that. So it's sort of like the fewer number of people quarantining, the better. Um... I liked it because I really enjoyed the ads. Like it's like basically the, all the guys who made it to last week's episode, essentially, plus Jason, Yosef. And like, maybe that was it. I just was really happy. Jason was there. I felt he really, Jason and Damar were my men tell all breakout stars. And I was just really excited about that. Jason has been a a pet interest of this podcast because he played football and I've had a lot of football related guests on this season. And we've like talked a lot about how Jason Mm -hmm. as an offensive lineman is like a fiercely loyal, really good guy. And I felt that really, yes, I felt like that really came through. Very loyal to Claire. Yes. Yes. Very loyal to Claire. He was so mad at Yosef. And, um, oh, well, we got to talk about Yosef, but I agree with you with Damar as well. Damar really coming out to defend Chasen. I, I had no idea Damar was 26, by the way. He seems like a very wise 26 year old. I agree. There, there's definitely as much as I have felt like people were people and by people, I mean like Bennett and all them were too hard on Noah. Damar is a much wiser 26 year old than Noah at 25. Uh, but Noah himself said, you know, eight, it's not about age. And yeah, it's just, it's funny to see how it can be different. I'm ready to tell you that I, that I despise Noah. I actually, I'll be revealing over time other people that I despise. I'm not ready yet, but I just, (laughs) I don't feel that way. I felt like he was just kind of there to make some good TV. And then he, people really came at him and I didn't really feel that he'd committed any when you look at some of the atrocities people have committed in the past on this show, like let's never forget Crystal Nielsen, love her. So happy for her with her like current life situation with her new she, voice. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But <laughs> just she, on the show, <laughs> she infamously called the other women the C word, right? She called Ari, not Peter. Yes. And, and didn't she call him a needle? You know what? At one point, yes, I could be wrong. A but Noah has yes. not been anywhere on that level in terms of how he treated Tasha or Claire or, or not for Claire. He wasn't there, but Tasha or the other guys. 
So I don't despise Noah. I think that the I'm I was very over the Bennett Noah drama. And I will say that having the tell-all within this episode, we had just seen the continuation of the Bennett Noah drama. And then like to see it getting going into it again at the tell-all just so moments later instead of a week later, I was like, I'm over it. I'm being hard on Noah. I really don't like him, but I'm also just like, he didn't do anything wrong. The thing is in this drama, no one did anything wrong. No one has questioned Tasha's integrity. And no, and call it, and saying he has a zero percent chance of of winning or whatever is also like a fine thing to say. It's like I don't. That's just completely fine. I, I I don't know what the fight is over. I feel like both Noah and Bennett more more to me. Noah probably did something or said something that like just really put people off that we have not seen because otherwise. I just can't explain it. Yeah, uh, both the Noah Bennett argument and the Chase, Chasen and Ed argument, honestly, both felt like very overblown to me. Like they really got, I don't know. I never really totally understood what it was about. Chasen wasn't there to defend himself. I'm not sure why, but Damar definitely stood up for him. And then (laughs) Noah and Bennett, uh, but I will say this, like tell me where you ultimately landed on it if, if you have a, a side you're you're standing on, but Bennett at the end of the day did what I always need anyone on reality TV to do. He owned it and he apologized and he said, Noah, look, I really am sorry. And then Noah just threw it right back in his face, which did make me say as much as I've had some frustrations with Bennett, who I once loved over the past few weeks, I side and I stand with Bennett on this. I side and I stand with Bennett as well. As I've said, I feel that while I found Bennett very irritating on television, I am positive I'd enjoy Bennett in real life. I hope to meet him one day. Um, I really hope he does Paradise because I think we would see like a much, we've seen this fun, silly caricature version of him. I think we would potentially see a more grounded version of him in paradise. And he really could find a relationship there. I feel, yeah, I feel like he would crush in paradise. Yes. Um, I, uh, I'm positive he will do it. He seems quite excited about the attention he's receiving. <laughs> um, I felt he was possibly getting a little bit set up as bachelor, like opening the door for him, perhaps. I mean, I know mm. the next bachelor is a long ways off. We'll have two pools of men to pick from, but I thought that door was propped open, just a smidge, a door stopper was, was put in place because I thought that it was a little bit of a redemption for him after what was going on on the show. Um, that's another reason why men tell all, like to your point, is always interesting to like see what they're auditioning for. But I just felt like absent of the top four, who I think are all very compelling, Zach, Ben, Ivan, and Mike by Brendo, I was like, mm. interesting. Bennett's kind of getting a lot of attention here. Interesting. Well, on the one hand, I was, what was also if, compelling to me about this mental all was it kind of reminded me again that <laughs> there was something about the way this season played out with the Claire, you know, section of it and not getting to know the men that well. And then the Tasha section, it sort of feel like it felt, you know, like very intense, very quickly. I still don't like Bennett's one of the few I think I would remember from this season years from now, you know? So I was sort of wondering, is he getting this attention because he really is the standout of this season or is there potential for him in the future? I think if he was going to be the bachelor one day, we would need to see him on paradise because there'd be too much of a gap between now and the next bachelor. But I could totally see it being like a, a Colton Underwood situation, not like, but a Colton Underwood situation, like he'd go on paradise, yeah. we'd be refreshed and then he could be bachelor. Yeah. Like Nick Vial as well. A Nick Vial. There's a good one. Yes. Although yeah, two, I, I don't need Bennett to go on the bachelorette again. Let's not do a Nick Vial in that way. <laughs> no, no, no. 
I feel like Bennett should have like a like a, a manners with Bennett. Like he should have like an etiquette show. Something like that would just be funny. The jokes are writing themselves for Paradise. Yeah. I think Chris Harrison even already said we had Chateau Bennett. We could have like Casita Bennett, you know. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot to be done there. What kind of swimsuit is he wearing? Um, what kind of shoes does a man like Bennett bring onto the beach? You know, is he still wearing Yeah, he seems boots? like the kind of guy who would not wear sandals. Like he's like a real, like a boat shoe kind of guy. Yes. Topsiders, Sperry's. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's like straight Nantucket vibes. Oh, 100%, which we've never really had in a bachelor. Have we it's ever true. had like an East Coasty, Nantuckety, Martha's Vineyard bachelor? I, 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 you know, take me to the East Coast. Closest we've come is Chris Lampton, top four for Ali Fedotowski season, a Cape Cod man. I just want that visual because I miss the East Coast. <laughs> I haven't traveled there. I know you've been there and then I've been on the West Coast. I just want to like go to Kenny Bunkport and all those places like on my TV screen. Yes. It would be great. Basically, what you're asking for is some lighthouse action. 112%. I want like a Taylor <laughs> Swift, Rhode Island fantasy season. Like I'm in for that. Let's play the folklore album. May we take a may we take a quick diversion into Taylor Swift territory? Oh, please. Yes, 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 yes. Always. <laughs> I saw it go mainstream today, but I was alerted last week by a friend that the home next to Holiday House, the song that is the house at the center of the last great American dynasty, is for sale. And so I did an extreme deep dive on this next door property, including looking it up on Google Earth, which allowed me to look at Taylor Swift's house on Google Earth. And boy, did I have a great time. I just learned a lot. And it was so funny because like I've seen pictures, obviously, in the tabloids from when she had the 4th of July parties and all that. But I was just like, I really got in the Watch Hill, Rhode Island state of mind. And I felt like I learned something about Taylor by stalking the property next to hers. It was, it was high level intense. It was How much like, is that home going for? 12 million. Let's get it. That's fine. Okay. Well, obviously Taylor should buy it. Duh. Okay. hundred percent. Like extend your property, get some more privacy. I'm just worried about her privacy. I mean, because of people like me, I, I you know, it's, it's a problem. And you know what? Just as Bennett did, you're owning that. And I appreciate that, Julia. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Visible. You know how in every season of The Bachelor, there's the concern that he might pick someone or just let someone go too far who really doesn't deserve it because he's not getting all the information he needs. He doesn't know this woman is the villain of the house. Well, luckily, when it comes to wireless, there's one company that keeps it real and you don't have to worry about that bad surprise at the end. Switch to Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide and get one-line wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, every month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, 
Join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels. And embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Let's talk about Damar and Riley for a second. My two oh, other... Riley. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about Riley. Yes. Yeah, Riley. We'll get into the Tasha portion of the episode that way. But Damar, I just want to say new hairstyle. Got some blonde going on. I just feel like Damar should host like a bachelor explainer series of some kind. I'm just coming up with content ideas for all these guys, but he seems really into the franchise. He also like, I found to be quite articulate. I liked how he was defending people. And like, I just want some more short form DeMar content. I I just feel like there's a lot for these guys to do. They seem quite bright and I don't know, just, just throwing it out there. Like maybe DeMar could like host a Snapchat show about the franchise. Wow. I don't know if I'm, I'm not on that level of convinced. I didn't see enough of him for me to green light an explainer series. He's, I'm not. <laughs> Thanks for entertaining my ideas. I I'm not there it. yet, but I'll get you there. I, first of all, I just have to say, I love his smile. Like I look at him and I get happy. He also, you'd mentioned his hair. Can we just talk a minute about the guy's outfits as well? Because as with any tell all, I, like we do with the couches, I love an aesthetic discussion. I thought Demar looked great. I really loved Riley's purple turtleneck. Was yes. it um, a lot of turtlenecks? Are turtlenecks back? Like, is this like boys to men turtlenecks style? Because well, Brendo's been rock rocking them in the Palm Springs heat, which I don't understand. But the carry heat, on, which is wild. And you know they must have filmed this tell all when it was still fairly warm. So that's weird. Um, I there was also a lot of purple. Like I loved. Uh, I think Ed had a full eggplant suit on. I think Bennett did as well. I loved these guys rocking the colors and the turtlenecks. I, I really thought overall they looked great. Kenny and the camo, I wasn't here for. That was such no. a choice. When the Noah camo, called that out, it's hilarious. I know. <laughs> we'll give Noah that. That was funny. <laughs> that was really funny. I can't believe Kenny got the invite. I'm like, was he there long enough? I can't tell you anything about Kenny except that he posed nude, which the pictures are very much online. Oh, like, I don't know wow, anything I about him. Not. Oh, Oh, really? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Kenny was quite a narrator, wasn't he? And yeah. I, he very, he did have that moment where like he was asking Claire to apologize. He had some moments. Also interesting that we didn't really talk about Claire much in this. It, I it became much forgot Claire existed. I forgot Claire was the bachelorette until Yosef came out. I was just like, oh, Claire, I forgot. I guess we had the sit down with her and Dale. So that's why, like we didn't yeah, have a Claire moment didn't. here, but that, that also made it a bit hard, like for Jason to have that much to say, you know, and, and that kind of thing. There was a lot to juggle. There really was, but I totally forgot about Claire. I don't think I like Dale. I was just going to ask you, do you miss watching Claire and Dale? Because I no. will tell you that I do. You do. It was wild television, Juliet. I was on the edge of my seat. What just... It was. It was one Beautiful more insanity is going to happen next. <laughs> it feels like a different era of quarantine. You know how like COVID has like very distinct eras, like... There is the era where there was like the joke of what, like a map of where you'll be drinking your wine tonight. And it was like your living room or your bedroom. And then there was the era of like, 
everyone learned to wear a mask or some people learned like to Tiger wear a mask. King obsession time. Yes. We had all so these many different times. 10 years this year. Yes. Claire was like totally different era. I was, I was a year younger for when Claire was the bachelor. Claire was like the early two thousands at this point. Yes, exactly. My mind, I was listening to Britney Spears and watching Clarendale, but I loved watching them. It was entertaining. I just think that I don't, I don't like a man who traffics in aphorisms of like, and like advice, maybe give me some advice when you know me. And I just feel like this sort of like the trainerization of men on Instagram to be like, you got this, like just work hard. And like, Today's not promised. I really don't care for. And I feel like Dale does a lot of that. Men with men specifically or with everyone? Men. Oh, okay. How come? I don't know. I find it condescending. Mm. I'm just like, I don't need this from you. Oh, you mean a man talking to you? I see. I thought you meant like men to other men. No, men to man, I can't can't speak to. (laughs) As a woman, I don't know. But I just find that to be an annoying persona for men. I still have like so many questions for Clarendale. I honestly haven't been looking on their socials that much because I always wanted to do an interview with them, which I still want to do. Um, I have so many questions for them. And what's your top question you want to ask them? Um, I said this on other podcasts, so sorry if it's repetitive, but I want to ask Claire had such had said she had an issue with Matt James doing interviews. And Dale is somebody who like very much wants to be doing interviews. Um, so I'm like, did you guys talk about that? I'm interested. Did this come out in like your one-on-one date fantasy suite night together before you got engaged? When did the future come up? Like, are you moving for each other? Um, and I, I have, I have a lot of questions, but that's my top one. Are you moving is a big one for me. I feel like he'll have to move to California. That's my take, but what truth in time will tell all. I guess we kind of had a tell all for Claire when she was standing in front of the guys and Kenny told her to apologize. That kind of was the tell all. <laughs> yeah, basically. I don't, I just like, that was good television, but I, that's enough. I'm not invested in them individually. I think I'm more interested in Tasha as like a human and definitely more interested in a lot of these guys, which brings us to Riley, who has to just be one of the most genuine heartfelt men in the history of this show. I mean, uh, emotional roller coaster with him. And I think that he very calmly asked all the questions that you would assume everyone wants to ask when they make it far, but like not to final four. When he asked her, when she told him that uh, she didn't feel it, he was like, why'd you keep me this long? Like, why'd you let me come this far? And that really, that stung. I really felt for him in that moment. And I thought that he just displayed so much poise and I was really like kind of blown away by it. I've been saying this all season that kind of at every different turn, it's not really been a season where I knew the standouts were from the start, but like every episode, I feel like I fall in love with a different guy. Like when Joe, the anesthesiologist was shining, I was in love with him. And then like, I've had a moment with Brendan and with Ben, and this was Riley. And I completely agree with you that the adult level of communication in that breakup was great to watch on TV. As much as I have loved watching all the guys make these different reveals. Um, what I still love in the, about the show isn't even so much like the personal reveals, but it's the relationship moments that we all watch and relate to. And like, that was a great moment of look at this mature breakup that every that you can do, you know? And then, I mean, hearing him talk on the way out, my heart was just breaking when he said that he was leaving, feeling like she was the one. I know. Oh, and then at the tell-all, I was watching Riley's face the whole time. Like his face when Yosef was talking, when he just calmly shut Yosef down. I'm like, this man, if I ever need an attorney, I am calling Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I know. 
He does seem like a, a great attorney. He, I liked when he referenced it in in um, relation to the lie detector last week. Yeah, like, I never that. let my clients do this. I loved it. My mom has been saying that to me the entire time. I've been watching legal procedurals on television, which is like a really long time. So <laughs> I also just thought that he, I mean, he clearly evoked an emotion out of her that we have not seen to date with Tasha. I mean, I presume that will come as it gets tougher and now that she's into her hometowns. But he just must be a great guy. And as they were as they were having their breakup, I was just thinking to myself, like, good job by Riley for saying all these things that people always want to ask and don't have the wherewithal or the courage to. But I really was, I was just thinking to myself, like, I look forward to the day when someone on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette says, I'm just not attracted to you. Because like in that moment, that's the answer. Because she's like saying all these nice things. And it's true. He seems like a great guy. But she just, she just doesn't, She's just not jonesing for him. And I, and I will say, I think sometimes you need a little time to see that because I've yeah. dated people where you aren't necessarily attractive, attracted at first and then it but becomes, then gross. But, yeah. yeah, but then like once you've given it some time, you're like, oh, maybe it's not there. And I think that seemed to be what the thing was here. She'd given it time. She knew Riley was great, but it just didn't click. I was surprised by her emotional reactions to both the Blake breakup send okay. and Riley. Blake, come on, right. Tasha, come on. I, mean, I think she just felt bad. I think she yeah. just felt bad, right? But but he's just like so full of shit. He he bought the book for Claire. He was so upset when Claire left, and then he's like fallen for Tasha. He's so full of shit. I mean, it makes him good for television, and again, will make him good for Paradise. But I was just like, okay, man, whatever. Really enjoyed the charging of his chakras that they included. Glad that we shed some light on the fact that yeah. that happens. You know. <laughs> It's been a few years since we got the tantric date. The tantric, like, it's not tantric sex, just like a tantric, like, straddling position. Yeah. yeah. JoJo and Chase, JoJo Fletcher and Chase McNary had that moment. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely started to run out of dates to do at the La Quinta when we saw that woman come forth swinging, Shaman. whatever that was. Yeah. I realized, wow, we've been missing those little, those little side characters a lot this season. You know, usually, They'll be wandering in the streets of Europe and an old couple will appear out of nowhere and tell them they've been married for 40 years and give them the secret to marriage. Or, you know, if they go to a, a, a monastery, the monk will be there. Like we've been missing some of the characters. And I will say, here's the thing about Tasha, not the thing, but one of the things. I think that Tasha is so great. And I think that's maybe why I'm saying I'm missing Claire and Dale a bit is only because... Tasha's like so grounded and mature. She's not messy. That, She's the opposite. Yeah. So I, I'll be honest. I miss a bit of the mess. I miss a little mess. I, so I think that this season ultimately will, it will have worked out perfectly and that we got some mess and then we got maturity. And so it's been a lot to take in. But when I was watching her break up with both Blake and Riley, I think I was, her, her tears were just coming from her being, it seemed to me, someone who's like, I know these are great guys and I, I feel really bad. And I'm an adult who like empathizes here. She clearly felt bad about just like breaking people's hearts or, you know, upsetting them or whatnot. Cause that was the thing about Riley is like when she realized like, this oh. is, this is not it with Blake. She's like, this is who else is not it. I need to go tell him like right away. And she did that. And I, that was, that was another mature thing to do. Just tell him now, you know? I have to say, I miss the structure. I miss an ending with the rose ceremony. I'm just like, is that too much to ask for? Like, I like to know. It's like, it makes like a game show, you know, you know, the different beats. And like, of course, like everyone, I like a deviation from the format. 
But like, what's wrong with segments? It's what TV is built on. And speaking of, did you miss, we didn't really have the whole hot seat thing with this tell-all. Only Riley got to come down. They're like, Riley, Chris is like, Riley, come on down here. I didn't miss the hot seat. I liked more of the crossfire, quick, quick talk or whatever. I also liked that they're just clearly teams, like seeing who's defending whom. When Bennett was challenging the guys to like give other examples of when he was condescending, and they all were like, Bennett, you were never condescending to me, but I, I really enjoyed the sort of like rapid fire testimonials that we were getting, essentially. And <laughs> I also particularly liked how Blake in particular couldn't come up with one. He was like, well, you never did it to me, but you just have a vibe. It just was so, it's just like so much was playing out with Bennett. That's so familiar. It's like, yeah, you guys just don't like this guy because how, how does he... He's snooty, he, or you know, which I don't have a problem with. I'm like Bennett. I need a couple concrete examples. I'm that type mm-hmm. of person. I'll, I'm like, I'll yeah, you, I'll, I'll own it. I'll talk to you about it, but you got to give me an example because I don't like to just be, you know, categorized. Me too. Because he forced them into being like, it's the fact that you went to Harvard. It's the fact that you dress a certain way. Like they all agreed it was like because of his persona, not his personality. Which I, mm. which I, was a good, a good um, sort of dialogue. It's very Socratic. Good summary there, Juliet Littman. His persona, <laughs> not his personality. Yes. <laughs> Chapter eight of the book. Write that down. Yes. Thank you. My guide to the bachelor and bachelorette. Persona, not personality. I think what was also missing to me when it came to like the compelling factor of this tell-all, and I'm glad that it wasn't two hours as it usually is. Thank it's God. Well, <laughs> it was we like a tiny hour. The- we didn't have the question of who will be the bachelor, right? Usually when we're watching the tell-all, the hot seat is part of, wait, who's getting a hot seat? Who's really having a moment here? Who's getting emotional? Who might be in the running to be the bachelor? We know that now. It's, it's We know it's Matt. So that, and that analysis was taken out of it. And I missed that. I'll be excited for us to get back to the normal totally. structure. Let's get on track. Yeah, totally. Let's get on track. I thought it was pretty weird how Bennett did not like his return to the rose ceremony just didn't really get explained. Like he just sort of showed up. Like he tells the guys like, this is what happened, but we don't see any of it. We don't see Tasha's decision-making process. We don't know what Bennett's been doing for the last day. I thought that was super weird. And I was like, it must've been boring or like the footage was bad and they couldn't use it. I thought it was really weird for him to come back only to be sent home at the rose ceremony and for Noah to be sent home at the rose ceremony. And Honestly, I thought they both should have been sent home in that quote unquote two on one moment. Like we're at the La Quinta, so the two on ones just in another room. But I think that what was happening there was honestly just that Bennett and Noah were story and were great TV. And it yeah. seemed to me like they needed to stick around. That's my take yeah. on it. And I, I don't know another, I don't know another explanation there. I was talking to Ashley. Kennedy about it. And she said she thinks that Ben and Tasha like really had a connection we didn't see. And I was remembering that Tasha said at one point, like Bennett's bougie and so am I. I do think that Tasha maybe could have seen this life with Bennett that he was yeah. talking about, like these houses and this life. Yeah. And maybe that was part of it. But I always felt they didn't have the chemistry. Totally agree. And a life with Bennett does seem fun. I'm imagining it myself. 172%. Like Bennett is a, he's given you like he you, what you see is what you get which i like and what you get is what a bunch of like trips to paris and fun and drinking champagne and like I, yeah bennett great sure who's who's saying no i really enjoyed it <laughs> 
A couple other quick things I want to mention that I noticed in this episode. First of all, Tasha sitting down with the book at the top of the episode made me laugh and, and oh cackle my gosh. so hard. I also did a lot of pausing to figure out what she was reading. I'm pretty what sure, pretty sure it was an Emily Giffen book. I'm, she, you know, she's written like a bunch of chiclet, um, like her favorite, her, not her favorite, but like her top book, I believe is something borrowed, which you may have seen as oh. a movie starring John Krasinski and Kate Hudson. <laughs> um, yes, I believe that uh, the book was all we ever wanted by Emily Giffen. And I was just like, what producer gave that to Tasha? She was given 48 hours notice. I don't think she packed books. I, I don't want to assume too much. No, no, no. I, I don't I, think she packed books. Plus she had been on the show where they're not allowed to read. So why would she bring one? I think what's happening here, my guess is it was so hot. You know, this is another thing we haven't had. The walking around thinking shots. Yeah. You know how usually they're walking around. Staring off into the ocean, chin to the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was too hot because we've only gotten shots of Claire and Tasha journaling and then now Tasha reading. Maybe they were just like, we can't do another journaling shot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would like a <laughs> shot of them. They've got to get some working out in, right? Just show me a shot of them on the treadmill or something. Something that actually looks like it's a true time when someone would be thinking. Because by the way, I mean, I love them because they're great TV, but nobody has ever, in today's day and age, who's really just kind of pacing around thinking either. I, are you on a I, treadmill? Are you making your coffee? Give me a making coffee shot. That's when I'm doing some mental math. Agreed. I will say, I do find myself pacing around my apartment more than oh, I used to. That's a fair point. But You should have just been walking around the room. That would have been a good quarantine. <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't know what to do with myself, <laughs> pacing around. Um, I just thought that was so funny, though. And also, if I were, like, in production on the show, I, Emily Gibbon seems like great reading. Do you feel like someone left that at the La Quinta? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> or, like, or, like, they have, like, some library nearby, or I guess libraries were closed. I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed hilarious to me. <laughs> I also was happy to see Chris Harrison return. I really liked the intrusion of real life. I like that they were like really open about where Chris went. And he, when the guys asked him like, how was it? And he was like, it was great. I, I cried. I loved it. I was like, this is like, first of all, really humanizing, obviously. And second of all, it's just like real life is happening. And to pretend that it's not is stupid because it's just like the craziest year, weirdest season ever. So why would you cut that out? But I just, I really liked that. Um, it was really yeah. sweet. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> and I think it's become this big deal, but you know, I mean, honestly, a, a huge part of the the reality is that most of the time, Chris plans his whole life around the show, you know, and he is able to schedule things and and he's missed stuff before. And, and he's this incredible father who hates having to miss things. But like, you know, we he has missed school productions and things like that. But this time, quarantine and COVID threw off the schedule incredibly. And I just think he couldn't. There was no way he was going to miss that moment. So um, good for him. That's great. Another Chris Harrison standout moment was when he said to Kara, to Tasha, I was about to say Kara, like who's Kara? When he said to Tasha, <laughs> the, there's a third bachelorette joining <laughs> tomorrow night. Her name is Kara. <laughs> it's like the princess switch switched again. There's a third Vanessa Hudgens. There's, yeah. a, there's a third. There are no rules. This woman you've never even heard of. She's random. We found her at the La Quinta. Okay. <laughs> Less famous than Matt James. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> When Chris Harrison said to her, so catch me up. What's been going on? He says to her, catch me up. I was also dying alone as I was watching this because I was like, that's exactly what, a th- what my therapist says to me if it's if it's been a long time. She'd be like, catch me up. And I just, like, <laughs> since Chris so frequently plays that role, I just thought it was really funny. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. L- lastly, one other person we didn't talk about and I meant to, Ed. 
I just thought that Ed also had a great episode. The three F's line, even though he doesn't know phony is spelled with a PH. That was very funny, if mean. And I, I am now in on Ed as a result of the extended cut of his evening with Chris Harrison. I liked that a lot. I did too. I would love to see Ed in Paradise. Who, Me too. As, as we've said, Paradise is going to be interesting because it still feels far away. But who would you like to see on Paradise? Whew, thanks for asking. First of all, I just want to say it's going to be a great paradise because instead of like couples, this is the year where like if you couple up, you got to go. You know, like this is the year. There's going to be so many people to cycle in and out. Like let's get rid of the boring couples and your your reward can be you get to leave the bubble instead of staying in it for once, you know? Um, I love that. So I really want to see Ed. I think he's going to be great. He's definitely my number one draft pick. I, I'd like to see Blake. I feel like Blake is going to be overwhelmed and, ex, and like so excited by, by Paradise. I can't wait to see what happens. Blake seems like the kind of person you invite to a party knowing they'll get too drunk. Like just be like, it's cool. Just going to say Blake is 100% crying in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, maybe a drunk crier perhaps. Yes, 176%. <laughs> I want Jason. I just like yes. love Jason is just like so pure and I would like him to be a tiny bit corrupted by paradise. Just see what happens to his Can soul. I, throw out, I don't know why this is in my head. I've, I've been kind of like shipping people a little bit. I wouldn't mind even actually some, a few like throwback people coming to paradise. We'll have to see what comes out of Matt James's season. But for example, I don't know why, but I see Jason and Kendall long. Oh, I don't know why I see that. Does he have Midwest vibes to you, like grocery store Joe? He gives me like good guy vibes and Kendall's yeah, like absolutely. a true, authentic, genuine person. I I mean, I don't know. Joe and Kendall, I also wouldn't be surprised if they ever got back together, but I think like distance was a struggle for them and where they wanted to live. He's he's straight up Washington, DC, man. He's not leaving the East Coast. Yeah, he's like lives in Virginia or something like that. Oh, I'm also shipping Joe, the anesthesiologist who wasn't even at the Talal, and um Danielle Maltby. Who was that oh, wonderful nurse? nurse from a few years ago? Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I've been on a, um, a campaign. I do not want Joe to go to paradise. Too good of a guy. No, thanks. Oh, okay. okay. When he was on this very podcast, I pled with him to not go to paradise. Oh my gosh. I feel differently. I want to watch him more. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, I want Bennett in paradise for sure. I don't know about Riley in Paradise because I, Riley's my one where I'm like, I think you're too good for Paradise. Like, I think Riley is, I don't know. I don't see him doing well in Paradise. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not sending him there. I think Demar's would be super fun in Paradise. Demar seems like a good vibes guy. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't see Demar finding love on television. It's just, that it doesn't seem in the cards for me, for him. He's Are not intense enough. Someone who I don't want to see in Paradise. Is it Yosef? It's Yosef, everybody. Come yeah. on down. No, 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 Sif. Thank you. <laughs> good night. That's a good one, Lauren. No, 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 Sif. I like it. I mean, <laughs> Julia, that was... He's an asshole. He's like, I will not apologize to Claire. I applauded Chris so much because as I was watching it, I was sort of thinking, how do you reason with a person like this? You know, and and sometimes that's the struggle, I think, for Chris when he's sitting there with someone and they're just not seeing what everyone else is seeing and what he knows the audience at home is seeing. And he encapsulated it perfectly to ask Yosef, would you want a man to talk to your daughter like that? And the guy said, yes. (laughs) I'm just like, what's the strategy you're employing here, man? He's like sick. I don't really get it. I don't know. I'm, it, it, it was wild to see that no one could reason with him. And he didn't want to listen to anyone. He just like, like when he was on the show, he was like, this is what I'm doing. 
I'm getting into a fight with Claire. I'm going to tell her off. And that's that. And it's sort of like sociopathic behavior, like not feeling any remorse. It, it reminds me of how Nicole Kidman described Hugh Grant on The Undoing. Like no remorse, doesn't want to talk about it, like just moving on. And it was, it was pretty strange. It just, it seems like a strategy. It doesn't seem like who he, I mean, I don't know if it is who he is or not, but it just seems like a strategy that he is employing. And so I, I don't know. It's like, what are you doing? I don't get it. I don't know if I, I think he just had, I don't know. He just dug in so much. I, it doesn't feel like a strategy to me. I, I think he really believes this because I, because if you talk about your kid and like what you want your child to experience, I mean, I feel like any parent is going to, you'd have to be pretty honest in your answer. Or I don't know that it was just, it, it was crazy to watch. And I think uh, everybody knew they weren't going to get anywhere with him, which is why it didn't escalate further. And maybe on a regular tell all, if we'd had a full room of guys, it would have really gotten crazy. I don't know. And, and also the fact that he went and he quarantined to come out for like, I don't know, maybe to that was an that. hour of real time or whatever. But yeah, just like to come out and say that, just like you could have video videos at yourself saying that and being an asshole. It's bizarre. I thought he was going to want to come for a redemption moment. It yeah, was not at crazy. All. Everyone always looks a little bit different, like between the show and the tell all, except for him. He looked exactly the same. I was like, did you like put yourself on ice for the last few months? Like, what have you been doing? I don't get it. His physical state and his mental and emotional state remain unchanged. Nothing (laughs) nothing has changed. I also, I do not want to see Kenny on Paradise, but I'm positive he'll be there. Positive. No interest in him. I have no thought. I have no opinion on it one way or the other. He he was, I mean, sure. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Will it be a supersized paradise? Like, I just have so many questions. But I think the excitement for Paradise 2021 is palpable. It, the streets are talking about it. And it just seems like a main focus of everyone who closely watches this show. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see which of these guys make it to Paradise and in what capacity, because we're going to get a whole bachelorette before then. Um, I mean, Chris Harrison has said that the filming, like the filming of the next bachelorette season is a priority about Paradise. So we're going to have a whole nother crop of guys which is wild to comprehend. <laughs> it's thrilling. It is thrilling when that comes around. And certainly before then, Lauren will come back to discuss it. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about hometowns. And then Thursday, we are doing the cast bios joined by a special guest. She who shall not yet be named. And I will talk to you then. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for having me, Juliet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 